Good morning, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan, and I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton, and it's been my privilege to walk with you through this semester. Today is Thursday, December 10th, so we only have one podcast after today until we pick up again in January. And we've been reading this week the Christmas story, the birth narratives of of Jesus' birth. And uh, as always, we have three lectionary texts, so if you want to look at the other ones, they're Psalm 118, 19 through 29, and Isaiah 11, 1 to 9. And today I'll be reading for you from Matthew 2, 1 to 12, and that's the text I'd like to think with you a little bit about. So Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Give me just taking me a second to get there. Matthew 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who's been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. So the Magi, the wise men, were so unlikely to be included in this story. And I I can't stress enough how strange and important this story really is in the Gospel of Matthew. It really sets the scene for what's going to come throughout the Gospels. Um, Particularly, think about the Gospel of Matthew, commonly understood as the most Jewish of the Gospels. So Matthew, again and again, presumes that his readers understand a lot about Jewish background, have um, enough knowledge of the Jewish scripture that they're able to recognize allusions and quotes from Jewish scripture. And he also presumes his, under, his readers understand a lot about Jewish culture. Like, like this is, this is a, a gospel written for the intended audience of the Jews. Right? So the fact that the Magi are only mentioned in the book of Matthew is really interesting because Matthew's audience more than any of the other gospels they would have read read about those characters the magi and they would have assumed these are the bad guys in the story these are the ones who 
who don't get it. They were astrologers, um, which is something that's forbidden uh, in the Old Testament. They were fortune tellers. They were dream interpreters. And certainly we see sometimes uh, in the Old Testament, the God of the Bible gives um, people power to interpret dreams, but certainly warns them against interpreting dreams through any other means, right? So they were, they were diviners. Astrology and divination are, are just expressly prohibited in the Old Testament. They are punishable as worthy of death. And here's the amazing thing, right? The magi in the story are the ones to clearly understand who God was, God re- or who Jesus was. God reaches out to the, to the magi in a way that they would understand through a star. Isn't that fascinating? That God, God chooses to reveal uh, his plan to the Magi in a way that's expressly forbidden in the Old Testament, but thoroughly in keeping with how these Magi would have, have looked for truth. This, is, I mean, this ought to give us just great hope and joy. The fact that when people are, are looking for the truth, God reveals himself to them even in ways that would totally blow the doors off, off of us who, who have um, a, a theoretical, theological knowledge of God. So God meets them where they are, and then, and then God speaks to them in a dream and warns them not to go back to Herod. It's a tremendously, it's a tremendously important passage because it just sets us up for again and again, right, how the people of God, the people who should know better, because they have access to the scriptures and because they're God's chosen people and often the religious elite within God's chosen people. And yet, when the time comes for them to see Jesus, they can't see him as anything but a threat. But the Magi see him for who he is. Again, this should really encourage us. This is tremendously good news that God wants to... Like, you think of the people in your life, right, who are searching for truth, and you know that they're honest and sincere, but for whatever reason, they can't see the gospel. Like, this should just give us so much hope for those people, right? That God is going to reveal himself to them in some way. That God, God yearns to reach out and show his son to people who want to know the truth. But it should also really chasten us, because the story of the Magi are an implicit judgment about God's chosen people, about religious people, right? Like, I'm a professionally religious person. The Magi ought to threaten me. Because not only is God saying, hey, good news, I'm going to reveal the gospel to everybody. But he's also saying, if you don't listen to them about uh, what, what I've said to them, then you could miss something. This should really profoundly impact the way that we Christians interact with non-Christians. Like many times in our relationships with non-Christians, at least I was taught, be thinking about evangelism, be thinking about how to tell them about Jesus. Very rarely was I encouraged to listen to them, to learn from them. And yet, if I want to take the, if I want to be biblical and understand the passage of Matt in Matthew 2, it's the way it ought to be understood. The religious elite would have been really wise to listen to people who are outside the covenant people of God for what God was telling them. So when you think about, for you, who is that person who is a great threat because of the danger of their ideas, there needs to be some level of openness. Now, that's not to say that the Magi were somehow 
experts on all things religious and all things about God. There were probably, there were many things I'm sure that the Magi didn't get right. And yet that fulcrum question, that foundational question of who is Jesus, that question on which all of the Gospels rest, and saying what you do with Jesus is, is what you really do with God. The Magi passed the test, and the religious elite didn't. A profound challenge for those of us now who count ourselves among God's covenant people as Christians. God, we are humbled when we read this story because we know that you are greater than us and greater than our ways of conceptualizing you. And God, we want to be faithful in telling people about you. We have, as we've come to know you, you have been our life and our joy, and it's natural for us to want to share you with others. But we pray that as we do, that you'll also help us to really listen well to the vital questions that people are asking and the flashes of wisdom that come from you as common grace that are given to them. Help us to be sensitive to that so that we can learn and grow together. Because our goal in the end is to know you and to love you and to help others to know and love you. So we pray, God, that you would help that to happen in the way that we deal with people who don't know you now. We ask this through Christ. Amen. Well, one more podcast. I'll look forward to sharing it with you tomorrow on the first chapter of John. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.